Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. EOTM Radio. Entrepreneurs on the move. shape the life for a better tomorrow. What's going on? My name is Stephen Knight, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Good evening and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. I want to thank you for joining us tonight as always. We'll be discussing the latest in entertainment news, sports, fashion, and movie reviews. Of course, our question of the day, and then tonight we welcome one of the stars of the play, 12 by 9, Damian D. Smith, and then Crystal Tamar, who will soon be releasing her highly anticipated EP. She's teamed up with Bangladesh, so I know it's going to be high. Then EP Midnight will join us to talk about her new play, about breast cancer awareness, entitled, And Still I Arise, The Rainbow Lady Who Chose Life When Death Knocked, When Not, sorry. <laughs> the Rainbow Lady Who Chose Life When Death Knocked. As always, what you call with your questions and comments, the number is 718-664-6543. Again, that's 718-664-6543. You can also join us in chat. There's a link on my Facebook page. And I uh, also want to remind you to connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and then our official website, uh, the Stephen I Show com. So definitely connect with us and let us know what you're thinking. We get a lot of emails anyway from people wanting to be on the show or giving feedback. We definitely appreciate that. Continue to do so. Quick program note: Very excited to announce that Miss Michelle from uh, R&B Demons LA will be with us next week. So you definitely want to uh, join it, tune in, and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, how are you doing, uh, Miss Parker? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. That's that's awesome news. Yeah, I saw the is. new R&B diva. I, I missed the first episode, but I caught up on both of them on, um, I believe it was last Friday. This past okay. Friday. So, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I do like the new cast. So, looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I definitely look forward to that as well. So, really, you had a, a pretty good weekend. How was it? Yeah, my, I mean, I've never had a bad weekend. Right. That <laughs> um, is true. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. It was great. I chilled on Friday and um and didn't really do much but recover on Sunday. But Saturday I had a pretty full day. I um did a group run five miles at seven a.m. in the morning, and then um went and spent eight hours with the girls trying on bridal dresses. That was uh, a tough day in itself. Um, then my friend Mel was performing at a white party at Cascade Club, so we went there. Yeah. And then um, I went to a fundraiser after that. So I didn't, I mean, I was up from like 7, 7 to like 3.30. It was oh, a wow. pretty long day. But I had to support everyone. Uh, the NBA is in town, uh, National Bar Association. Uh, they have a yearly conference, and this year it's in Atlanta. So 
a lot of my friends are attorneys, and one of my friends had a fundraiser at a suite lounge, and so um, a lot of us went up to support. It was it was a good time. That's good. That's good. I went to uh, back to Chef where I um, met with um, well, one of my friends. It's her birthday today, so we met for I guess dinner um, Friday um, at okay. Chef Rob's with another friend of ours, and then I went to um, is it Boogaloo? Boogaloo? I can't remember. When I was there, I was the only thing I was thinking is I'd be having so much fun if I was at home. <laughs> also, maybe because I was tired, because it was a Friday, it was a long week. But I just was not yeah. feeling the environment. The club was nice, but I just wasn't feeling you. That. I just wasn't hey, feeling I mean, the I think at our age, you, got, you, got, you just have to be in the mood for a club. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I didn't know it really know too many people, so it was just one of those things where, you know, it was just. I was ready to go. Ready yeah, to go that is but, uh, one thing about you. If you're in a, uh, <laughs> a party and you, you don't know that many people, you seem to uh, not have a good of a, as a, of a time. I think you get you're more comfortable around people you're, you know. Um, I am. Group, going with a group that you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. That is true. But anyway, um, I know, did you want to discuss anything in entertainment, anything that's just sticking out to you? Um, nothing much going on. I, I wanted to discuss last, I believe last week I wasn't on because I had a birthday dinner to go to, but, um, I heard that Angie Stewart was not going to be an R&B diva. Um, yeah. Atlanta. Was that Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because, um, I read an article that it really wasn't because the whole, I feel disrespected with a whole lot of unaligning issues when the producer gave an interview. And uh-huh. what they were pretty much saying is that Angie still living boyfriend was messing with somebody who was on the production team. I heard that. Okay. Staff members. Uh huh. And so Angie's still and her boyfriend are really not together, but she doesn't. I think she's trying to save face or whatever. I don't know what happened there, but it just it just seemed awkward. So she really did resign from the show. And whoever saw the reunion and thought that she may be coming back, just as an FYI, she really did resign. And she won't be back, but the producer wanted to make sure that everybody understood that it had nothing to do with really that show. It had a lot to do with okay. a lot of underlining issues that were going on behind the scenes with her boyfriend and somebody in the staff, uh, on on their staff. Well, I read an article, uh, I think it was last week, that she actually came up because she dumped, she dumped her boyfriend, and now she has a couple of book deals in the works, and she'll be making appearances on Atlanta Housewives, Red House of, of Atlanta. And, um, yeah, because a, she has, she now has, um, what's her name as her manager, Deb. Yeah. So Deb manages almost all of the Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop and Walk with Flacco's mom, um, Deb. So she's she's her new manager. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we'll get you a free out show. <laughs> get you on the show. Huh? Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to discuss? No. Okay, all right. Well, thanks, Ms. Parker. Uh, TK Adam, what's going on? Yes, sir. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. TK, I know you had some news for us. I have some news? Okay. Yeah, I do have some news. Uh, I actually will be filming my first speaking role. That's not true. Let me take that back. My first multiple line role in a motion picture this Saturday. I oh, will be a part wow. of the Nollywood uh, themed movies, and it's a movie going to be filmed by the name of Transition. I'll be playing a manager of an artist, so I'm mm. excited about that. Yeah, that's all awesome. exciting. Yeah, like, what's the name I, of the movie I can't again? wait. 
transition. Okay. Congratulations. And these blessings would not come to me if I did not have the platform of the Stephen Knight Show to springboard off of. And I thank you very much, Mr. Stephen Knight, for allowing me to be a part of this family. Well, you know, you contribute so much to it, so thank you. And I'm glad that, you know, it is, you know, doing big things for you because you are you know, go get in the hard work. We all know that. Thank <laughs> um, you. Thank you. Thank you. So what's going on with you, Adam? Oh, not much. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. What, what's going on in the world of movies? Well, uh, for me, I got to see a uh, pre-screening of Expendable 3, the uh, you know next movie in line of Sylvester Stallone's old man action movies. And um, I have to say, while I did like Expendables 2, this one is definitely a big miss on my list. Uh, they added a few more Expendables, so you get Wesley Snipes this time around, you know, Arnold's back. Uh, they throw in Kelsey Grammer, but he's not really doing uh, too much action stuff, so it's fine. Uh, you know, you get Harrison Ford. Mel Gibson is your big villain this go-around. But to me, it just felt like it was missing – and I think in the second one, the best part was the comedy or the stylings of Terry Crews. And Terry Crews is in this one, but he's not in it as much as he was in the last one. So I think we lose out on a lot of that comedy. And then Mel Gibson as a villain, as opposed to John claude Van Damme, who was the villain in the second one, um, was definitely a miss as well. There's nothing wrong with him in the movie. It's just he didn't feel as villainous as John claude Van Damme did because John claude Van Damme was an action star and he knew how to fight. Um, well, we, Mel Gibson's more of kind of the evil maniac in this one. <laughs> so it's, it's, if you're a fan of the series, you'll probably enjoy it. You know, it is mindless action. They too try to throw a plot in there, but uh, you're going to get all your favorite characters for the most part. They add a few more. Antonio Banderas, he does a good job. He kind of takes in as a comedy relief um, for the movie. But, yeah, that's pretty much my rundown of it. Okay. I actually saw um, Lucy and I saw Hercules. This must not be the weekend for movies because I didn't like either one of them. Not really. Um, uh, Lucy, I I think that they were going for – let me tell you the story of Lucy. A woman, she is carrying – a medical package, it leaks, and the, the content starts to get inside of her body. It's leaking inside of her body. And the premise is, you know, they say we only use about 10% of our brain mm-hmm. and we don't access the rest. Uh, what started to happen to her was she was gaining the ability to use all of her brain, slowly but surely, like throughout the movie, like she was increasing with intelligence and power. I saw them trying to bank on... Scarlett Johansson carrying this movie, which she can carry a movie, but I don't know about her solo in an action movie. It wasn't working for me. Mm. Um, It was an interesting storyline. The movie just didn't work for me. I could have stayed at home. It was going to be a good movie. The the previews were good. The Mm -hmm. actual movie itself, I, I I, I didn't, it wasn't believable to me. Like, when you go to the cinema and you watch a film, you want to get lost in the story. I didn't get lost. Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, as far as Hercules was concerned, of course, 
The Rock is a big budget star. He he pulls in a draw. Uh, actually, Lucy topped him this weekend. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, he has another character that he can bring back. But as far as Hercules goes, the best thing for me was the the action in it. Like to see it on the big screen was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch, but. I was hoping for a more serious, like more grittier story than what they told for Hercules. Kind of sort of what they did with the Dark Knight for Batman. Well, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that was a miss. Two misses. Two misses. Quarter chicken. Two misses. Two misses. Three misses because Adam saw Expendables. Yeah. So you have three action movies that missed. Not a good week for the movie. No, no, no. Okay. Maybe we'll do better next week. Right, right. Anything coming out? Well, I'm interested in Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm a little interested in that. Yeah, that one looks good. And then another one that I don't know if you guys hear it all the time on Spotify or if you even use Spotify, but Get On Up, the James Brown movie, also yes, comes yes. out. Uh, and you know, week. you know, they did the. Um, they did the and actually Aaron he passed it as uh, they were doing the premiere in Harlem um, mm-hmm. at Devalo and I had a friend that was at the premiere he said it was really good so really doing a lot of biopics so um, the opposite was on a large screen so those be really good so we'll see good yeah and it's the same guy that was in Forty Two um, mm-hmm. so and he, he can pull a movie he can hold a movie so I think it'll be uh, Interestingly enough, if they if it's well written, of course, you know, because right, acting right. is only one part of the equation. So, yeah, we'll see what they do. Uh, I hope it's as good to be on the table for nomination for awards. I hope it's that good. Yeah. James yeah. Brown deserves that. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He does. All right, guys, well, as always, thank you. Have a good weekend. We'll talk next week. Oh, one Thanks more thing lot. before I leave. I always say okay. one more thing before I leave. Please be sure to check out my interview with um, actor Damien D. Smith on Conversations with TK. Because I also interviewed him when I went to go view the play. So check out my interview. They can find me on Facebook at Conversations with TK. Please like my page and view my content. Thank you. All right. All right. All right, guys. Have a good one, okay? All right. All right. Mr. Aaron. Yo, yo. I know you spent a spent a week in New York. You had a good time? Oh, great time. Great time. New York was really nice. Um but it's good to be home though. It's good to be home. Yeah. Yeah. Good to be home. Well, going, How was go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, no. I was gonna go on the one for World of Sports. Man, everybody's talking about it. Ray Rice. Mm. What is what is what 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 is your take? Ray Rice, running back for the Baltimore Ravens, um, he allegedly, even though it's kind of on videotape, but but it doesn't show him actually punching. But anyway, um, it's it's alleged that he punched his then fiance, now wife, um, in an elevator and knocked her unconscious. And this video of him pulling her limp body. Well, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. People think that she did. Her unconscious body, I should say. Um, right. Elevator. And so mm-hmm. the um, NFL gave him a two-game 
suspension, and there are a lot of people that um, are outraged by that, and they feel right. that, it's, that it should have been more. So, well, what is what is your take on it? Okay, from what I understand, she says that she hit him first, and so and it was it was I watched I was watching the view today, and they got in a real heated debate because they were saying even if she hit him first, for him mm-hmm. to knock her unconscious, I mean, you know, obviously he's stronger than her. And so, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, her uh, take is, and she said it before on the show, like when it had to do with the whole um, Jay-Z and Solange thing, that if you no. hit somebody, you cannot expect not to get hit back. Like if, you know, that's why you should keep your hands to yourself. If you hit somebody, you don't know. You, you, should, you should be expected to be hit back. You know what I mean? Um, and so, but then some of the other people on the panel, they were saying, but to that that excessive, you know, that force, you know, to, to, to knock her unconscious, obviously, you know, you're a lot stronger than her. So I think I have to, I do agree that if you hit somebody, you can expect to be hit back. But I think as a man, you're not going to want to knock a woman unconscious, you know what I mean, unless you're, oh, yeah. your life is, un, you know, being threatened. Um, and so, but I, so I think that the punishment, because what it's showing is that they're not taking, I mean, the, the NFL does not have a strong stance when it comes to domestic violence, especially against women. You know what I'm saying? And so with two, oh, yeah. two games suspension, that's not really much. What do you think? Well, I think that... Um, it's not much either, but I, but I believe that I think that that the NFL looks at their um, at at the list of of um, I guess of um, of um, charges or whatever, and maybe that falls under the guidelines of a two game okay. suspension. Okay. You know, maybe okay um, conduct unbecoming. Uh, of a player or like a moral clause, whatever. Okay, automatic two, automatic two games. Mm-hmm. Um, what they should have did is you know gave them more, but they didn't. I don't know stuff. Actually, I don't understand why the um, the um, Ravens just just didn't jump in and like you know what? Okay, right. The league gave them two. We'll give them an extra two, and I think people would have been happier. Than, ha- Happier with that, but for the Ravens to just be quiet about it, it that doesn't look good to me. For the Ravens, the NFL right, yeah. actually did something. The Ravens haven't done anything, so if if people should get mad, I think that they should take their uh, anger out on the um, Ravens organization, not on the league itself, because the league did something. And let's remember, this man was not convicted of the crime. Right. Yeah. No, and 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 in a sense. It's a person. It's a family issue, and then that's like it's one of those things that what happens at your home does that affect your job? Does, I mean, should your job should you be contemplated by your job because you did something at home? Right. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But, but I think when you're a public figure, you are kind of held to a higher regard. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's a tricky, it's a tricky situation. Absolutely. I, I, um, but just also um, just to put some some context to this um, story. Ray's actually um, going to anger management and therapy classes. Not that that means anything. I'm just saying right. that. I'm just, I just wanted to be, you know, just, just for people well, to know yeah. both sides. You know, he's, exactly. he was actually ordered, I, I believe, by the court to actually do that. Now, again, yeah. he was not charged with a crime. He, he, he was not, well, I shouldn't say charged. 
he, he was not found guilty of a crime. Mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. that he might have been arrested or anything, or, arrested or or might have even been charged, but he was not convicted of a crime. Um, and, but and at the end of the day, his his fiance married him, so and, and, and his fiance married him, so people might want to kind of question her too, like you know, maybe, right. you know, why would you marry someone that that not knocks you unconscious? Yeah, yeah it's right, like right. people kind of need to you know get her side also. Yes, he shouldn't have put his hand. I, I don't care if she, you know, kicked him, hit him, whatever. I mean, come on, you know, you, you don't have to knock her unconscious. Just, you know, yeah. hold her shoulders like, babe, come on, right. girl, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quit, quit playing. But but to just, boom, and she, yeah. I mean, she was out. She was gone. She was done. Yeah, I saw the footage. Yeah. That, yeah, and I have a feeling, though, honestly, y'all, that that was not the first time that that's happened. It just, I just usually isn't. Usually isn't. Yeah. It's um, usually not the first time. So she, 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 she's dealing with it. Some, you know, some couples love that love-hate relationship. They, they actually, you know, thrive on it. So I guess it works for them. But if they have children, I don't think that's good for their children yeah. to see their uh, mommy's unconscious body being, you know, pulled out of the elevator by their father. It just, it's, it's not a good look. So. Lady, and and, if, and if, she, if she was knocked unconscious, I'm sure she might have some scars. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or bruises. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. You know, how do you explain Absolutely. that? How do you explain that? And to have been knocked unconscious, man, that's not a good thing. Like, I don't know if, like, she went to the hospital to get her, like, you know, just to get examined. Maybe there's mm-hmm. some, like, you know, brain injuries. Anything. I mean, she, I, just tough. It's just tough. But, yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray got lucky, but... If um, the Ravens, you know, want want to step up also and give them a you know, couple of games, they should definitely do that. But I honestly, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. I think that right. that they just want this just to go away. They just want it all just to fade away. So. All right, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's pretty much it, man. On the on the world of sports, all oh, Braun has officially um, became number twenty tw- tw- twenty three. He's <laughs> he is back to number twenty three in Cleveland. Um, for as long as he's going to be there, I say one, one year, two years tops, and he'll be out of Cleveland. Y'all heard it here first. I'm telling you, he he's not going to be there long term. Sorry, people, not going to be there long, long term. Um, he wants to be in a bigger market again, I, I believe. So, yeah. Did yeah. you see the footage of Derrick Rose uh, back on back back on the court? Oh yeah, Derrick is my yeah. dude. Like I, I, I am so happy. Yeah, yeah, he's Derek, Please stay healthy, brother. Please. Right, right. Please stay healthy. Now that that would be hot though if um if Derrick Rose could actually play with Bron. Like maybe if Bron wants mm. to go go to Chicago, but I don't think Bron wants to play. You know, George, on Jordan's team. You know, I I don't see that happening. But then again, yeah. you never know. You never know. Never know. You never and they know. think he'll be going back to Cleveland. Look where he is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all in sports, man. Um, it's pretty much quiet for for the time being. But you know, football season's about to start up, and I can't wait. You I know, know you're excited. Know. I know you are I'm excited. I'm, I am. I'm excited. the memes on uh, Instagram. Everybody's excited. Football season's back. I know. I was thinking oh, about yeah. you. I know you are excited. Excited. <laughs> and what? But but yo, what about this though, Stephen? People aren't even mentioning soccer anymore. You know, is that right? Soccer is like yeah. I think the craze is over. I told you then. I told you. I think the craze is over. Everybody was saying yeah. it was going to be here to stay, but it's, no yeah. one said a word. Nope. It's cricket. No. It's a wrap. Right. It's a wrap. 
But yo, right. you all can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, A Ron Cosby, A Ron Cosby. And, and again, it's good to be home. You know, I'm glad to be home. Welcome back. NYC, it's a great city, but uh, but I'm glad to be home. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, welcome back, A Ron, and uh, have a good week. Talk to you next week. Okay? Yes, all right, thank you. Have a good one. Okay. You're welcome. All right, so I want to remind everybody to connect with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, and then our website, thestephennightshow.web.com. Uh, we always ask our question of the day, and we want you to weigh in on the question today. It is, what is one quality you think most people are missing today? Go to Facebook and Twitter and answer, our, answer the question and hashtag the Stephen Knight Show, and we'll be reading your answer later on. Okay, quick, quick commercial break. Right back. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show. On EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Uh, we do have some answers already that are coming in for our question of the day. Let's see, it was what's one of the qualities that you think most people are missing today? And let's see, we have Gerald. He said loyalty. These girls ain't loyal. <laughs> then uh, we have Florida Key said kindness. Karee Edwards said integrity, self-love. Uh, Janita said love. Tanya said fortitude. Adrian said humility. Ramona said common courtesy. I said patience, which I'm guilty of. I have no patience. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, Deshaun said respect. Carlos said self-respect. Dante said monogamy and respect. Black Frank said God. Well, God is not a personality trait, but people have lost common sense. Uh, Ashley said empathy for others. For others, less fortunate than and different from them. Akisha said grant me peace, dear father. Uh, Courtney said okay, and uh, we're going to read some more later on in the show. But let's get to our first guest. Let's see. Originally born in St. Louis, Missouri, Damien D. Smith relocated to the bright lights of New York to hone his craft for acting. After starring in many productions, he relocated to Los Angeles. Currently, he is starring in the play 12 by 9. Please help me welcome Damien D. Smith. Welcome to the show. Damien, you know what? They're saying you know what? We lost David. Maybe he's having technical difficulties, but we'll go to our next guest. Right here. Hello? Oh, there's David? Yes, David. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I was hitting the – I was unmuting it, and what happened Uh, is it just clicked over automatically. I don't know what happened. Look, it happens. Especially when you live. All this live, it happens. I've been dropped off the line before, so (laughs) that's what I'm saying. But how's how's it going? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for ha- thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. So you go from where, where you you were born in uh, St. Louis, and then you make your way to New York. What made you go to New York? Oh, you know, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, man. And I was, um, you know, I always had an affinity for performing. 
and doing my thing. And um, and I just thought about all the greats and everybody who did it very well, and they all had a theater background from New York City. If you want to go from Denzel Washington, from the, uh, the Negro Ensemble, or if you want, uh, Fishburne, all those guys, and everybody, Pacino, all of them, De Niro, I mean, the list goes on and on, and I always was wondering, I always wondered what made them, you know, stand out. And they had a theater, strong theater background from New York City. So if I want to, if I want to strive to be one of the best, I got to learn from the best. So I went to New York and hit those uh, streets, those theater streets. Now I heard a lot of people, and I know a lot of people who are like in, in different, you know, the arts, and they have moved to New York. And went to New York, they knew that was where they needed to be. But a lot of them talk uh-huh. about the, str- the struggle moving there. You know, New York is a place everyone's on the grind, everyone's on the hustle. You know, trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. What was your experience once you got there and kind of finding your way? You know, it's funny, man. I didn't know a person in New York, not one single wow. person. Yeah, wow. when I got there. So I, I, when I got there, I found a place in Harlem. Like, I, I met a guy on a trip, like, a, like one time before. Like, I met, a, I met a guy at McDonald's. He was real cool. And he was like, uh, we, we communicated, like, that's when email was, like, just really started. We wrote mm-hmm. each other back and forth there once in a while. We just stay in contact with each other. And I was, uh, I was like, man, I'm thinking of moving up there. He said, dude, if you need a, play, uh, you need a couch, you, you can use mine. <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, now listen, I'm, I was green at the time, you know. Right, <laughs> I'm coming right, from yeah. St. I'm coming from St. Louis, and I'm going to New York to get my couch. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so I, exactly. I was a little skeptical, man, but when I got there, dude was, uh, dude was great. Uh, shout out to Eric, too, by the way. Eric Lloyd, the yeah. brother's good brother. I, I crashed on his couch, and um, just for a week, and then I found my spot in Harlem, and I just took it from there. So uh, my process was I was I was going to, like, theater companies uh, that I heard about and, and you know, I heard was hot. I went there and dropped off headshots. And back then, the backstage uh, trade publication for actors was really big. So I would go to, I would go to backstage, and every, uh, every day, man, we'd go up. I'd go into casting calls or I'd go to auditions and just, you know, just, just, just get in those long lines and, just go and wait for my turn and show them what I can do. So I started getting some wow. success with that. You know, you start you start building your momentum. Because uh, first I was just doing any play I can get, any theater I can right. get, and take, taking classes and things like that and training and going to conservatory. Anything I can get, I was taking. And uh, taking, I was, I was, man, I did, man, I did so many plays. A year, year time, year time span, it was, it was ridiculous in New York. Anything I can wow. get. Wow. Anything I can get. So then I, I just grew from there and there. So I got to a point where I said, listen, I can't do no more plays if I'm not getting paid. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly, you get, yeah. You get to that point because you're going mm-hmm. to pay for ed- you're gonna have to pay for education one way or another. You know, right. uh, so I paid through my education by doing that. So then I said, I'm only going to do plays that, I mean, plays or theater that pays. And then I went from, then I went from, um, from that and then went up and then up and I started getting with repertoire uh, com- companies and uh, it grew from there, man. And then I, you know, started creating a buzz in New York. So I started getting my own buzz in New York. And the circles I was running in, you know, you get connected. Like-minded individuals kind of gravitate towards each other. And that's how right, I that's, that my crew started forming. And, and it became beautiful. I love New York. It's my second wow. album. That's great. So, so what was the role? Do you remember what the role was that you would consider your breakout role that, kind of, that you knew that, okay, this is what I do? Man, I can tell you that. Um, I know exactly what role it was, and what, and it's a funny story. I just got to my first time meeting this guy in person. I told him about this, and I told him this story. I did the play Riff Raff by Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. and I um, 
if, if anyone knows the play, it's about three guys. They're, um, it's a three guys, three person play, and they're uh, kind of held up, running from running from these guys that's trying to come get them. And then in that play, you got about uh, eight, nine, eight to ten monologues apiece in that play. Mm. Wow! So you have you have to be confident. You got to build up your chops. You got to have your you got to have everything going for you. And that was really like my breakout role, in my opinion, because that gave me the confidence to do things um, even better uh, on a more of a grand scale, in my opinion, because I went, I ended up um, from doing that play, I ended up doing my own one man show. I wrote, I wrote, and um, I wrote and put up my own one man show, and I got nominated for an Adelco Award for that. Wow, um, for wow. best uh, best one person show performance. But I ran into Lawrence Fishburne two weeks ago, and I told him, "Wow, okay." <laughs> I told him story. We had it. He was like, "Oh man, for real!" But you know what was so funny? I forgot. I left this out. He wrote me a letter right mm. before we, right before the show went up because I invited him to the show to come see Riff Raff, and he couldn't make. Unfortunately, he's like he couldn't make it. But he gave me he gave us some words of advice and told us just swing, baby. Thank you for finding my niche, and uh, you know a couple other things. And we and I really appreciated that. I got it actually framed and uh, hung up in my living room right now. That letter he wrote wow. to us, you know, very, you can tell Mr. Fishburner, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, the engra- engraved, you know, card, card stock was amazing, immaculate, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was, it was great, man. I told, him, I told him the whole story, man. And we just, and him and I just ended up talking about the play. Uh, mm. Only until we went going into, it was, it was Harry Lennox was in a movie at the downtown uh, independent festival, and he was coming to support his boy Harry Lennox, and uh, we ended up talking all the way until, it was time. To, it was time to go into the show. Wow. So yeah, wow. yeah. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, man. It was like uh, it was great. It was like four it sounds, it sounds, like, sounds like it definitely. I, I know that's rewarding, that, especially as you know the, the work you put in, and to meet someone you know who's so uh, skilled and, and and well known in the industry. Now, a, yeah, lot of, yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, we've been talking on the show that there are a lot of bio a lot of bio biopics that they're doing, you know, Leah, Whitney Houston, yeah. and all the different ones, James Brown recently. If, uh-huh. if you could play one, who would you want to play? Is somebody out of the ones you just named? Uh, no, oh, in general. If you could play somebody, who would it be? Well, you know what? Um, a good brother, Chad, uh, uh, Chad would um, uh, got um, James Brown, which James Brown was on my list. I definitely wanted to. It was it? James. Okay. It was on, okay. He was on my list. But he ended up getting it, so I, I can't uh, I can't be mad. But you know who I would love to play? Mm. Uh, James Baldwin. Okay. So why why to do it? James, he was so complex. Uh, James Baldwin, James Baldwin was so complex, man. He uh, he was an activist. He was a poet. He was a writer. He was a playwright. He, his stance that he took on civil civil rights was unmatched uh, by a lot. Uh, okay. So I, I think he would be someone that I would love to like tackle his. Um, tackle his story and and really you know just submerge into his life and things like that. Cause he was he was amazing. He was an amazing man. James Baldwin was, and I really appreciate him and everything that he yeah. did for us. So I think James Baldwin would be someone that I would love to play if I had a chance to do my own bio. Uh, okay. Pick. James Baldwin. Okay. And if you know, you remember when they came out with a Truman Capote thing, Capote story. Uh, they did uh, one in Cold Blood and then Capote. I think it was Philip Seymour Hoffman and the other guy did an ex- did an excellent job as well. You remember? Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was about four. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that we can do another James Brown as well. 
<laughs> Look, we throw it out there, right? Throw James, it out there. James, James is big enough for two, three movies. So, you know, right, he's he, he, That's true. That's the truth, though. That's the truth. So okay. now you have, uh, well, t- t- before we get to uh, 12 by 9, you uh-huh. since left New York and moved to L.A. How how yeah. that experience? Uh, moving to L.A. for me was a humbling experience because, you know, when you get to L.A., it's like uh, it's, theater is is big in New York. So you you, mm-hmm. you you say you got these these type of theater credits and you have these type of uh, things. And people right. look at you a certain type of way, like, oh, you did this. and you did. When you get to L.A., you say, oh, yeah, man, I did this theater. They're like, okay. And right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I got to say, yeah, exactly. You want that in? You're like, like that is right. you know what? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's a, um, it, you know, it's a humbling experience, but I got to learn the craft and from a different angle because, like, a, a lot of these brothers out here that may not be as, um, you know, uh, deep in theater as, as I am or uh, other people, they, their tech, their camera technique and on-screen mm-hmm. technique, like, you can learn from, you can, you can learn a lot. You can learn. Right. A lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot about the character. It is definitely a lot about character and building who you, you know, building the character. But you know, it, it's, it's how you work the camera and, and and how to make yourself small in a in a in a medium that's you know full of personality. So that's what I that's what I really dig about. Um, that's what I dig about and what I learned out here. So I started I started picking up things when I got out here and meeting different people. It spread out, man. I couldn't get on the. The delusion and drive and all that stuff, but it's okay, beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. starting uh-huh. to enjoy it more and more when I stop comparing it to New York. That's one thing exactly. you can't do is compare yeah. it to New York all the time. Once you stop comparing it to New York and enjoy it for what it is, then you start enjoying uh, LA a lot more. But the, and okay. I did learn a lot more of the business, and a lot more of the business. And okay. I got a lot. Okay. Yes, yes, I did. And I got a lot more opportunity that um in the film and T V world that I was not that 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 wasn't presenting themselves as much in uh in New York. So okay. LA is definitely good for that. The business is here. Well currently you're now um starring in twelve by nine which Fred Thomas he was on our on our show a few weeks ago, um in okay. director. Tell us about that tell us about your character. Jasper. <laughs> um I play in twelve by nine I played the role of Jasper and uh, Jasper is um, ja- ja- Jasper is conflicted with his um, with his life, and he believes that he doesn't he doesn't deserve to be what he is, and he has some somewhat, in my opinion, of a superiority complex. <laughs> but um, I also feel that Jasper is uh, he had to go so deep in his faith to block off those worlds around him. He was already a very spiritual person and a religious man, but he had to go even entrench himself even more so. He didn't have to deal with the realities of what he did and what's going on and what they are, what they are accusing him of. And he's been accused of doing, you know, some um, some not so legal things in our uh, in the world to the church and also to uh, to everyone else. So, yeah. Uh, so okay. that's that's what uh that's what it is. What do you have coming up yeah. that uh, you're looking forward to? Oh well, I have a movie coming out actually pretty soon. Uh, it's called Papa oh, Watt about uh, two weeks ago to see like a first pass at it. And mm-hmm. I've always knew it's it's a it's a real stylized movie. And I always knew that the movie was going to be beautiful because we shot it we shot it in like Joshua Tree, which is it's a, it's a desert out here with a, a commune hippie desert with a lot of art installations and things like that. So we shot it in Joshua Tree. I, and I always knew it was going to be beautiful, but I knew it was going to be weird too. <laughs> 
in one of those weird trippy movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it could have been either a good, a, uh, a weird movie that's a weird, beautiful movie, or a weird, uh, you know, you never know how it's going to be movie, or a weird good, or, or a weird good movie. And it turned out being a very good, weird, beautiful movie. And I'm very happy right. about it, and okay. I'm com- I'm very confident about. It. You see, I'm confident, but I'm talking about it. If it wasn't good, right? Wasn't exactly. We were just talking, right? Yeah, we were talking well, about something way different right now. <laughs> well, tell everybody when they can keep up with you and you know keep up with what's going on in your career in private. Oh man, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Damien D Smith D A M I E N D Smith, um, all all one word at Twitter, and you can check me out on Facebook, um, Facebook.com, and my name Damien D Smith. And also my website is checkoutdamiendsmith.com. Damien D. So, Smith, so. for more information, <laughs> for, Jordan, for more information, you can definitely go on our Facebook page and link up with them. I wish you all uh, the continued success in the world. Man, thank you, guys, and thank you for having me on. Thank you for uh, thank you to your audience, and thank you for everything. I really appreciate it, and God bless. No problem. God bless you. All right, guys. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after this with Chris You're listening to the Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Steed and Night Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTM Radio. Crystal Tamar is a very dope R&B singer and industry vet. You may recall she was in the popular Nappy Boy Entertainment under T-Pain uh, in Atlanta Records group, Sophia Fresh. Now she is currently signed as a solo artist to a multi-platinum producer, Pengladesh, we all know him, and is working on her highly anticipated debut EP. Her lead single, Trophy Girl, was produced by Bangladesh and co-written by Kalina Harper of uh, Diddy, Dirty, Money, and Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. A lot of exciting things are happening, so please help me welcome Crystal Tamar. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being on. And I'll make sure I'm saying it right. It's Tamar. Is that correct, Crystal Tamar? Uh, Crystal Tamar. Tamar, okay. I know sometimes it can be pronounced differently, but I want to make sure I pronounce right. Tamar. Crystal Tamar. Oh, yeah. No, no problem at all. Yeah, Crystal Tamar. Okay, okay. So, I mean, you are industry vet. People, you know, Tell, for who's been sleeping under a rock, tell them about your, you know, bringing and kind of where you, how you got to where you are now. Uh, well, in 2008, I signed to Atlantic Records and um, under the executive production of T-Pain in a, sing, in a singing group called Sophia Fresh, which was a little bit of R&B, a little bit of hip-hop. And we were together from then up until 2011. So, yeah, good times. Um, had an opportunity to do a lot of cool features in the group, mm-hmm. and that's where I got the bulk of my industry experience. Wow, wow. So how was it? Did, did you do much interaction with T-Pain? I, we did. We dang near dang near lived together because we were down the street from each other. Uh, he okay. likes to keep his artists close, you know, because okay. he's such like a he's a spontaneous dude, you know. Um, yeah. We worked out of his studio in his home. So it was pretty much a daily thing. We're like family. I hear that. And, you know, a lot of people, they uh, used to get a little flat because he used the auto tune, but I have heard him sing 
you know, you heard of a voice and he can sing his butt off. So he, that's he his can style. go, right? Like people right. don't know. He can go. That's his style. That's his style. But he can sing. He can sing. He doesn't need to do it. He does it for his style. But, uh, exactly. So now you are currently signed, you know, as a soul artist with Bangladesh. Tell us how that happened. I'm actually, I'm working independently right now. Uh, Bangladesh is just uh, taking part of the EP and producing a couple records on it. So I'm strictly independent right now, but uh, working with heavy hitters like him and Cam Wallace and some more awesome people in the works has just been, it's been awesome. Wow. And we're going to be listening to... uh, Snippets of two of your songs, Trophy Girl, which is going to be your upcoming single, and then Nowhere. Tell us about those songs. So they're a little, they're, they're drastically different, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I want to achieve putting out this EP is show people all. So right, yeah. R&B is going to be a little bit of hip-hop. Um, I'm actually going to try my hand at rapping a little bit, as people have told me to do that more so Trophy Girl in particular, is a, it's going to be that, you know, that banger, that one you want to jam in a car. Uh, uh-huh. You might hear it in the club. Uh, just something to kind of keep people moving with a little bit of rhyming in it. And Nowhere is, is the songstress side of Crystal. It's um, it's talking about love. It's talking about moving from Texas, where I'm from, to the Bay Area here. And uh, it's a little bit more of the R&B side of me. So okay. you'll get two different perspectives there, but um, something for all fans to relate to. Wow. So, you know, you, you went from, you know, being signed um, to Atlantic Records, and now you're doing independent rock, which a lot of artists are doing these days. What is, what's, mm-hmm. and your, what's been your experience, the difference, doing it yourself, your team? It is so much, so much freedom. I mean, there there are benefits, mm-hmm. obviously, to being part of a major label. But one thing I learned this time around was now that I know what the label does, um, right. I can do it on my own, you know. And mm-hmm. I have those those contacts on my own to be able to reach out to people. I have those relationships relationships established that I can go back to and pick up the phone or send an email and be like, hey, yeah. remember me. And most right. importantly, I get to work under my own kind of work ethic. I mm-hmm. know when people are being paid, you know, when people are being taken care of. I know when mm-hmm. an email has been sent, if I, if I ask for it to be sent, or um, if, if I ask you to reach out to somebody, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if you did it or not, but when I'm doing it right. on my own, I can actually, you know, know things have been taken care of. And that means a lot to me to work with integrity because I think mm-hmm. people, people are still people at the end of the day. They want to be treated right. They want to be appreciated. Exactly. And that's the biggest part to me about doing this thing independently is is I know that for sure, and I can sleep better at night knowing so, you know. I hear that. And what advice, because you've been doing this, you know, at a high level for such for such a, um, not a long time, but you've been doing it for, for a minute. What advice would you give someone, because I know a lot of people, um, you know, I'm, I'm an independent artist, so I know some of the challenges around that. But what advice would you give someone who's up and coming or, you know, trying to, to do this, um, what advice you give them to be successful? Do your homework. You know, uh, mm-hmm. know the process. I know when I didn't know much about the industry before I actually signed, um, I thought you just needed a label. That was my focus. Right. Like, okay, right. uh-huh. I need to get with a record label. And right. you have to understand what the label does. Understand all the key components of being an artist. Know mm-hmm. the team that you need. You need a publicist. You need mm-hmm. uh, distribution. You know, you have to think about all these things and you you'll come to realize you don't always need a label and and that's a 
you know, that's a blessing. That's a beautiful thing, too, because you kind of got a little bit more of the financial backing there, which helps mm-hmm. a ton. But um, there are a lot of things you can actually do on your own, you know, and, um, and you don't have to go in, like, not understanding, you know, what it is that a label does because they're right, not yeah. actually doing the same things that they used to do. You know, mm-hmm. the it's budgets changed. are a little bit smaller, exactly. you know. They ain't got nowhere yeah. to put videos out at anymore. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you just got to gotta do quite a bit of homework on your own and then go in knowing knowing what's going on. You know, talk to a couple people. You know, talk to some mentors, you know. I'm sure there are, there are plenty of artists out there that are willing to reach out to others and let them know these things so that folks don't get burned, you know. Exactly, because a lot of people have been burned. I know when I first moved to Atlanta, I met so many mm-hmm. people who they moved here to pursue music, but you know, a few years in, they quit because they just got burned so bad, and that yes. they just had no interest. So, great advice. Exactly. Exactly. More, Thank you. What more else should we know about the CP so we can make sure we can get our hands on it when it's ready? So you gotta go. To, you gotta stay locked into all my social networks, right? Um, my website is crystaltamar.com, and from mm-hmm. there you can uh, reach my Twitter page, which is at crystaltamar. My Instagram, which is it's clear as crystal, and obviously Facebook forward slash crystaltamar. And from there you'll be able to uh, stay locked with performances that are coming up uh, surrounding the promo of the EP, and um, all just events that I'm tending to, uh, radio shows like this that I'm tending mm-hmm. to, and, um, and, and get, to, get to know me a little bit to see if it's something that, you know, you want to listen to. Um, it's a little bit of R&B, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of rap. It's, it's everything that I am, and I'm hoping that that translates well to the fans. Can't go wrong there. Like I said, we'll be listening to Trophy Girl and Nowhere Snippets, uh, both of those songs. I look forward to that in our next half hour. Well, listen, Christmas tomorrow. I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, and I wish you all the success with the EP. And you got to come back on and let us know once it drops, okay? I absolutely will. Thank you all so much for having me. Y'all have a good evening. You do the same. You do the same. Thank you. And for more information about Christmas tomorrow, go to our Facebook page, our links, and you can definitely uh, check out our music in the next half hour. We'll be right back after this. Hey, uh, Luella. Yeah, what is it? Who that uh, came up on your phone on the other day and that way you talking to me? Somebody called. Yeah, come try that little tea and call Lord. What is Lord? I know I saw something on there. I know it was. I ain't know if you were trying to cheat or something. You ain't trying to cheat. You can't see something. What you doing there? E O T M Radio. That's a in a PR company, child. What is, I don't know what you're talking about. EOTMblog.com. Go check out the site. Get branded. Ask for Carla at 909-559-1763. Get your business to the streets. And still I rise, the rainbow lady who chose life when death knocked. The uh, true breast cancer stories about women who fought back with everything in their body to muster up the energy to keep going and moving, hoping for a better day with the monkey on their backs. Through tears, pain, heartache, and disappointment, these champions fought the fight to have tons of battle scars to prove it. The battle scars are emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual, and social, engraved deep into the crevices of their being. While their testimonies are heart-wrenching, 
and don't want you to pity or have sympathy for them, but support them. Please help me welcome E.P. McKnight to tell us more about the play. Welcome, uh, Ms. Ms. McKnight. Sean? Okay, we have a quick delay. While we're, while we're delaying, let me uh, read some more of your answers from the question of the day. question of the day was, what's one quality you think most people are missing today? Let's see. Uh, we left off with Dante. He said monogamy. Uh, then we had Ashley who said empathy for others. Uh, Bakisha Harris said grant me patience, dear father. Courtney said discernment. Nathaniel said honor. Uh, and then Adrian said patience. Everyone wants everything to happen right now, relationships, sex, promotions, et cetera. Slow down and enjoy the journey sometimes. Just saying. Uh, Marvin said respect. We all need to respect in our lives. Will Sanders said integrity, principled living, um, and lacking most people, or lacking most people today. Okay. We're having some technical difficulties, so I'm going to continue to read while we're waiting to bring on Ms. E.P. Uh, e. McKnight. Uh, let's see. Charles said perseverance. Keith said compassion. Dale Anthony said consistency. Consistency. Carefully <laughs> uh, Earl said manners and common courtesy. CT said height. Hello. <laughs> uh, yes. Is that EP? Yes, it is. Okay. Great. 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 Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for having <laughs> me on your show. Thank you so much. I apologize. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, behind the scenes, but, you know, I was very um, glad to have you on because, you know, having a mother who is, you know, well, beating cancer, we'll say, beating cancer, going going through the whole metamorphosis and everything, and to see you, you know, bringing this play to light, I definitely wanted to bring you on to talk to you about it, so thank you. My pleasure, my pleasure, yes. Well, tell, us, tell us how all this originated. What, what made you decide I want to do this play? Well, actually, I hadn't planned to do this. I am a playwright, and I usually try to write plays that deals with issues. Last year, I wrote a play called Men A Pause, about okay. men going through midlife crisis. So I always try to write plays that's for the betterment. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer about four years ago. Okay. And from that, I got this. I don't know where it came from, but I became this advocate. You know, mm-hmm. once I was diagnosed, I got on the computer and I, start, I started thinking, you know what, life is short. I can beat yeah. this. And I did all my research, my homework. And and uh, <clears throat> I went through, I had a, I had the surgery and everything, and I didn't have chemo, I had radiation. And And after that, I just talked to so many other women that were going through breast cancer, and then it was all on television with Wanda Sykes and mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, and and now younger and younger women are getting. Someone told me they had a friend who was in her 20s, and she had, like, stage 4 breast cancer. Oh, you know, wow. back in the day, you didn't have to have a mammogram until you were, like, 30 or 40. Now mm-hmm. things are changing. So with all those dynamics, I thought, you know what, breast cancer is not a death sentence. It's a wake-up call just saying something is wrong with the body, something is going on, you can beat this. And right, yeah. out of that, I started interviewing women from all over the country. And to hear these women's stories, and a lot of them were saying, you know what, I wanted to have my voice told. I wanted to hear somebody. I wanted somebody to hear my stories. So oh. I was writing it initially as a book of stories. 
But then I thought, how much better would it be a play to travel the country nationally in areas where women don't get the access to medical care or get the knowledge to know that they can fight this? A lot of Mm -hmm. times women, when they hear breast cancer or any diseases, we freeze up, we get scared, and we depend solely on the doctor. And a lot of times we're afraid to go to the doctor. Consequently, the consequences are more dire than if you know the knowledge and you're aware, you can fight whatever. It's like a common cold. You know, you do what you have to do to fight it. So in talking with all these women and hearing their stories, I thought, you know what, this needs to be more than just a book. It needs to be a play. So that's how initially the play came about, and the title was an evolution. I went from, you know, one title to another, and I finally got this one, and every time I mention this title, and still I ride for the rainbow ladies who chose life when death not. Everybody's like, ooh, it gives me chills on my body, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and that's what I want to do. I want people to wake up and take charge of their life. You can walk out of your front door and get hit by a bus. Just because you get breast cancer doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow. And and the play really depicts these women, they're not survivors, they're champions, they're Mm. conquerors, you know. And I want their lives and mine to be able to encourage other women who are dealing or going through to let them know, just keep the faith, you know, God's in control, do what you have to do, you know, follow your heart and and, and just kind of fight it, fight a good fight. Exactly. Exactly. That's how the play came about. Wow. So one of the ladies um, that, you know, who are participating in the, in the play, when you all came together and kind of shared your stories, was, was that kind of cathartic for everyone? Well, you know, actually, the ladies that I interviewed are from all over the country, and a lot of them okay. I've never met. Okay. Now, okay. when I cast a play and I got the actors to come together, that was quite interesting. Mm, okay. There are a few of the ladies who are breast cancer champions who live here in the Los Angeles area who did come to the first reading of the play. Okay. And two of them were, like, one had tears in her eyes. The Mm. other one said she was just so moved to hear her story being told by these actresses. Yeah, I can imagine. What was even more empowering is to hear these actors who haven't experienced breast cancer just really be, it was very cathartic for them. It was very touching, very emotional, and that's what I want from the actors because if they feel it, the audience is going right. to feel it, and I want right. people to yeah. walk out of the theater saying, you know what, I'm going to live. I'm going to live exactly. my life no matter exactly. what. So that's kind of like that. where it is. And, and right now I'm... we're doing a breast cancer awareness campaign, and thank you for being one of our backers. I really appreciate you. Oh, yeah. I was just going to mention that, and then go on Kickstarter, and that's uh, because you're trying to raise money to get everything going, to get everything moving, correct? Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually, we're doing a fundraiser on Kickstarter, and it's a 30-day fundraiser. We're down to our 43rd hour. Mm-hmm. And with, with Kickstarter, you it's all or none. If you make a bid to pledge a certain amount of money you want to raise, if you raise that money and over, you get that funding for your project. If you come a dollar under it, Their rule is you lose all the money that you raise. It goes back to the the backers. So I've been working on this for 
29 days, and we're very close. We're like very 89 close. or 90% funded. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And backers, we had about 13 backers that came on today, which is quite nice, and we still got a, about a day and a couple of hours to go, and I'm just believing God. So what we're going to actually do with this funding, we're going to keep all our backers updated as to what we're doing with the funds because when people are donating their money out of the grace of their heart, a lot of these people I don't even know. They're from all over the country, and some may be out of the country. I'm not sure. But people are trusting you, and we want people to know what we're doing with this fund right. they're giving us. So we're going to keep people abreast. In October, which is Breast Cancer Month, we're mm-hmm. doing six shows to wow. honor Breast Cancer Month when we would tell this story about all these women who are conquerors, who are champions. And what we like to do, we have two organizations that are on our radar. One is called Good to be baller, bald and beautiful. It's about these uh, these women who suffered breast cancer and the chemo took out their hair and they just resigned to go bald. We would mm-hmm. like to support them. And there's another organization called um, Women of Essence. It's a group of African-American women. It's an organization here in L.A. Uh, I would love to be able to donate some funding to them because it's all about giving back. And I believe it's all synergy and energy. What you give out always come back to you in some form or another. Exactly. what we want to do in October. We want to make a difference in lives. We want to heal some souls, and we want to donate and help some people that that need our service. Wow. So how do you feel on a personal level, you know, someone who is a champion, breast cancer champion, and to be putting this play together and for, you know, it's it's about to happen. You know, how does it feel for you on a personal tip? You know what? It feels like I'm on a 747 because... (laughs) You know, having gone through what I went through, and it wasn't that traumatic, thank God for that. But can you see the healing that's going to take place when these people are exposed? So right now I'm on a high, and with this funding coming on, coming in, you know, with this project, this is my first time doing a Kickstarter campaign, and to Mm -hmm. me this is God's way of saying you're doing what you need to do. And in my spirit, you know, it feels so right. I think this is going to be my best production ever. Wow, wow. And I know it's going to get better from there. The play yeah. is called And Still I Rise for the Rainbow Ladies Who Chose Life When Death Not. Tell us, tell us for anyone that's listening right now and they're trying to decide if they should uh, donate to this cause, tell them why they should donate. You should, everybody, get on board and donate to this cause because we all know somebody who yeah. has been or is affected by breast cancer, and is Mm -hmm. on the rise, and we need to bond together to educate each other so we can undo this because a lot of this may be coming from the food we eat. Yeah, exactly. Which is genetically engineered. We can bond together and we can educate ourselves and we can become very informed consumers. So I need everybody to back this project so we can make a difference together. It's not a it's not a me journey. It's a we mm-hmm. journey. It could be mm-hmm. your mother, your sister, your grandmother, your aunt. It could even be your father or your brother. Yeah, yeah. And are getting breast cancer, and we need to stop this. And I think it starts with the food and the stuff that we're eating and all the chemicals. And that's why everybody should go get on board to Kickstarter and help me fund this campaign because we too we can make a difference and save not only our lives but other lives. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell them where they can keep up with you. We have a we have a link to work the Kickstarter uh, 
page where they can uh-huh. go and donate. And it's very easy. I went on I donated. You can donate as little or as much as you want to, but donate something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, there's, a, there's a link on our Facebook page, Stephen Nice Show. But tell everybody uh, where they can keep up with you. Okay. You can go to my web- website, which is www.epmcknight.com. And I'm on all the social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on any of those. Twitter is at E.P. McKnight. You can find me there. On Facebook is E.P. McKnight. And the same thing with LinkedIn is E.P. McKnight. Or just Google my name, E.P. McKnight, and you'll be able to find me. If you want to email me, you can email me at epmcknight at sbcglobal.net. And come on board. You never know. I may be the one that you may have to, you know, talk to or maybe able to encourage you or you can encourage me. And like I said, let's run this race together. Exactly. Evie McKnight, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for all the the work that you're doing just because people need to hear these stories. People need to, you know, know that there is a way out. They're, they're going to get through this. So thank you so much for, for all your hard work. And, and I wish you all the best with this play. I know it's going to touch many people's lives. And, Stephen, thank you so much for having me, and I was so looking forward. And thank you for being a backer. And just keep doing what you're doing. You're making a difference, and God put his people together so we all can rise together. Thank you, and have Amen. a wonderful day. Okay, my you, pleasure. You do the same. Thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. thanks. Bye-bye. Again, for more information about EP McKnight and for the Kickstarter uh, fundraiser, go to our Facebook page. There will be a link. Donate. If you have $10, you got $5, you got $100, whatever you have, they're so close to their goal, so definitely go uh, support, and we'll be right back after You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. We're about to go into Stephen's playlist. Uh, if you want to be featured, please email us at the Stephen Knight Show at gmail.com. Attach one or two songs, your bio, and one or two promotional pictures. Remember that all songs must be edited for radio meaning no cursing. So we definitely look forward to hearing from you. The first song, the first two songs are snippets from Crystal Tamar. First song is called Trophy Girl. Next song is called Nowhere. They'll be featuring our upcoming EP. Check it out and enjoy Stephen's playlist.
know what you was doing wasn't tasteful Even though you out here looking so ungrateful I'ma keep it moving, be classy and graceful I told them it's no friends in the game, you ain't learned that yet All the bridges you came over, don't burn that yet Niggas want respect, but niggas ain't earned that yet Self-righteous and entitled, but they swearing on the Bible That they love you, and really they no different from all your rivals But I still don't wish death on them, I just reflect on them Pills and potions you when it's beneficial i'ma forgive i won't forget but i'ma dead the issue soon as you out the niggas lives is when they start to miss you they see you doing good now it's kind of hard to dish you niggas be sick when they remember all the bad they wished you niggas be mad when they can't come and live lavish with you but, 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 but i sped off in the benzy i see the envy when i'm causing a frenzy so i pop pills for them cop cribs in the hills on them That song just to sing along, giving credit to haters. Rejoice in the Lord for showing His love and giving me some favors. Easy to get discouraged when things I still think are the things I still.
everybody else, I hope you enjoyed it. I want to give a special shout-out again to our guest tonight, Damian D. Smith for the play 12 by 9 and Crystal Tamar will release our EP very soon. And, of course, EP McKnight, who is uh, doing the breast cancer awareness play and still our rise for the rainbow ladies who chose life when death not. Definitely go out and uh, go to our Facebook page so you can support all three guests, but especially uh, the breast cancer awareness because they need money to get this off the ground, and they're almost there. So if you have $5, 10 it takes nothing. I donate it, and you can do so. It's on our Facebook page, The Stephen Ice Show. I want to thank you all for joining us. And guess what? Next week we have Michelle A. It'll be a great treat. Have a great week, y'all, and God bless. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.